0: Appreciate you being here today, appreciate everyone that serves, the outside of yourself living that you do. When you do it here, thank you for that, whether you're at the door or helping people check in or running sound or swapping out batteries like uh, Eli was just doing. Those kinds of things all make a difference, whether we see you on the platform or you're behind the scenes. Or you're serving people here in different ways, serving by presence, serving by giving, however that may be. Thank you for doing that. This this doesn't just happen. And so for you to be here and serve in that way, I appreciate it. As I said a moment ago, we are in the middle of a series we're calling Get Outside of Yourself. We thought that'd be a dandy title for the spring, right? Weather's better get outside, but really it's getting outside of ourselves. So over the last four weeks, we've talked about mission. I opened it up on Mother's Day, and then uh, Melinda spoke, appreciated that. Josh gave us a, a great message, appreciated that. Deli and Kelly were up here last week talking about practical mission in their life. I got to sit with them and talk through some of that, appreciate that. So I hope you're able to listen to all those, and by the way, the podcast on Wednesday that we do, and you can listen to that the same place you listen to the Sunday messages, that podcast is an expansion of the Sunday message, so we will sit around and talk through some of those things, another attempt to make a touch, another attempt to keep us thinking and reinforce things, right? Hit it, hit it, hit it again. So we're halfway through, and we've been doing the mission part. Now we're going to transition, and we're going to talk about giving, Giving money, actually. So number, uh, step step, uh, one is attendance. Two is discovery. Three is faith and baptism. Four is connection. Five is mission. Six is giving. So mission and giving are the outside of ourselves engagement and giving. And I tell people, like, I don't mean talent and time. I mean money, like give money. So no apologies there. If you read the scripture, Jesus talks a ton about giving money, and when you don't give money, and there's all kinds of things tied into that. So frankly, let me just be super encouraging, I hope, if you're not talking about money and you're talking about other things, then you probably have an issue that you just need to address, (laughs) like, you just need to call it what it is. If like, well, not money, but time and talent, I'll give that, then you probably have something that you're holding on to. There's probably a fear in there somewhere, maybe even an insecurity of some sort. So you just need to do business with that for yourself. You can talk to me about it. I'm happy to talk with you. You can talk to the Lord about it. But when you're thinking about that, like, you, I, I can tell someone, if you show me your calendar and your checkbook, that's dating myself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, you show me your calendar and your checkbook, I can show you what matters to you. Where we spend our time, we call it spend, where we spend our money, where we invest. So what, I want to, that to be helpful for you. That's one of the steps on our eight steps of the path because it is a vital step toward abundant living. You need to give, I need to give. Time is fine, talent is fine, treasure. Like write a check, hand somebody 10 bucks, hand somebody a $20 bill, like have that in your life. Operative, online, not sidebarred, daily present. I told a story a couple of weeks ago. I'll tell it again. Uh, Emma was uh, two years old. I don't know, maybe not two years old, 18 months old. And we were traveling all around. It was a season of our life where we were traveling all over the country. I worked at a a, a ministry headquarters in St. Louis, and I was supporting metro church planters. So I would go to all the big cities. And we happened to be in Dallas-Fort Worth and Emma was below two, under two years old, so she could fly for free, and Melinda got to come with me sometimes. And so we were all down there for this big conference, and I was speaking at this, at this big conference. And so we were at the hotel, and Sis wanted to hop in the pool. And I don't know, I was probably wearing like, you know, swishy sweatpants kind of thing, you know, and a T-shirt or something, just chilling in the afternoon. And, and she wanted to swim in the pool, so I thought, well, sure, right? And so I just hop in the pool, What baby wants, baby gets, when baby wants it, right? So I'm like, okay. So we hop in, and I'm like just, you know, doing that whole thing, right? He's giggling and spinning all around the pool. And I notice dollar bills are floating on the water. The dollar bills that were in my pocket. And I'm like, oh, no. Wasn't so tore up about wet dollar bills, but I also had my cell phone in my pocket. And I was just like, oh, oh no. And it wasn't like dropping in, pull it out, you know. We were just swimming with it. <laughs> just soaking that baby. So later that day, might have been the next day, I'm in a meeting with the host pastor and several other people are sitting around the table, five or six of us. We're planning out some mission stuff, talking through some things. And uh, I was telling the story about the phone and, Losing the phone and what a bummer and, you know, that whole deal. And he took his phone. It was, a, it was a, a BlackBerry. He took his phone, which at the time was like NASA, right, technology. He took it and slid it across the table to me. He was sitting right across from me and I, uh, he slid it across. And he slid it back. I'm like, what are you doing? He said, you need a phone. Take my phone. I'm like, take your phone take my phone. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to take your phone. He said, it's no problem. He said, didn't you lose your phone? I said, in fact, I did. Thank you for bringing that up. You know, like, yeah, I just told a story. So yes, I did lose my phone. Well, he said, well, you need a phone. I'm like, I do need a phone. He goes, well, take mine. What's your problem? Here. So I took his phone. The guy's name is Dyro Hargrove. Pastors a church of the Twin Cities in Fort Worth. And I got the story from Pastor Hargrove. Is he just giving me your phone? He said, man, I, I made a promise to God years ago, I'm going to give something away every day of my life. To which it wasn't about the phone anymore. I'm like, can you tell me more about that? Like, what? Is, what? And he said, yeah, man. He said, God's good to me, helping me. And one day, I'm like, Lord, you have been so good to me. He said, I made this vow to God that I will give something away every day of my life. And you need a phone, so there you go. No problem. Giving something away every day, is that extreme? Did Jesus give something away every day? How about weekly? Is that better for us? Monthly? Can can we give something away monthly? Is that like there has got to be outflow from us? Let's go go to uh, the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 20, I'm reading out of the message. It says, in a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. I was in 2 Timothy 2 simply for devotional. It's a chapter that I'm working through this week. I'm just just there this week. I'm reading through 2 Timothy 2. There are many other things, many other powerful things in 2 Timothy 2. But as I'm reading this earlier in the week, knowing I'm speaking to you today, this passage, these two verses, just jumped off the page to me, hit me in the heart. I thought, how encouraging is this? Let me read it to you again. In a well-furnished kitchen, you can have a kitchen, we all have kitchens, but a well-furnished kitchen, meaning you can complement lots of things. Have you tried that new recipe and you look and the stuff's not there? You had six ingredients, number seven is not there. That tool that you need, that special tool for preparing something, and it's not there. This church, my prayer is that this church is like a well-furnished kitchen so that whatever anybody needs, there is an instrument of blessing in this room That can meet that need. Would you like to be that instrument of blessing? In this room. And you may be perfectly appointed as that instrument, ready for this? Because of your suffering. You might be perfectly appointed because of the resources that you bring, because of the compassion that you bring, because. I've got a 20 in my pocket, and you've got a 20 in your pocket, but you see something I don't see, and you're able to be a blessing. It says, In a well-furnished kitchen there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Both serve a purpose. They are containers They are vessels, whether crystal goblet, silver platter, waste can, or compost bucket. All serve the purpose of transference. All of these serve the purpose of taking something and moving it along. The crystal goblet is not a crystal goblet, so it can sit there and be perpetually full. That's not why it was made. What a beautiful goblet. Let's fill it with this lovely Pinot Noir, and let's watch it for 25 years. No, 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 no. It is filled with a liquid. It is a container filled with trash, with recycling for a purpose. We don't just fill it, look at it, and then decide, you know what? That looks awesome. Let's get a bigger one and fill it and let it sit here. That's not what a well-furnished kitchen has. That's not what the instrument is about. The instrument is about transferring. You see, the goblet is empty, and something is poured in, and it is taken somewhere else and is a blessing to someone else. Are you with me? Are you hanging with me here? The goblet is empty. It is filled. It is moved. It is given to someone else, and the contents of the goblet become a blessing because of the goblet. Trash, trash, trash. Hmm. Joe's like, You're preaching to me now, man. (laughs) Joe has some containers, he has lots of containers. If you'd like to rent a container, please call Joe the Trash Man. But that container is limited. You will not be serving salmon fillets, blackened tilapia capers on, I'm having a party and I wanted to know if I could use some of your containers. That's not what they're for. Those containers are not that flexible. Did you know you can carry trash in a goblet? You can carry trash in a silver platter? you can't serve fine food in a trash can. People aren't going to do it. They're just not going to do it. It's not, that's not flexible. The other is, in fact, flexible. You know what I'm saying? There are some things you just can't polish up. You got some clean trash cans? You got some new ones, don't you? Let's try that. We'll serve something to somebody in a new trash can. And you're like, no, 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 it's new. <laughs> Like, it's a trash can. No, but it's new, right? It's not versatile. It serves a purpose. Hear what I'm saying to you because I'm talking to you, me, us. We want to be a well-furnished church. And I can take a silver platter and put refuse on it, peelings, potato peelings and junk and paper and cellophane, everything, I can put it on there, walk it over to the trash and wipe it off, clean it up, and then serve a meal on it. It's versatile. Trash can is not versatile. People just aren't going to feel the blessing. In a well-furnished kitchen, not only crystal goblets and silver platters, waste cans, and compost buckets, some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Now, throw that up there, Chip. Become the kind of container God can use. Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift, just leave it right there, pal, to his guests. We might think that it is the Lord that says, you will be a goblet, you will be a silver platter, you will be a compost bucket, you you know? That's not what this is saying. It's saying we can choose to become the kind of container that God can use to present anything. You can use me to clean a toilet. I'll do it. You can use me to change a light bulb, and these hands fit a rake. I'll do it. And I would also like to think the Lord can trust me as a vessel to bring healing and discernment and wisdom and gifts of the Spirit and blessing. I'd like to think that I can do all of those things, that I become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift. That's what living outside of yourself is about. That's what living outside of ourself is, that we make the choice. We're actually the one choosing. You get to choose this. Do you remember several years ago, we taught a series about our language and our words and our talk, and in Proverbs, it says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. This is the part I want you to hear. You choose. Words kill. Words give life. Okay. They're either poison or fruit, and God determines that. That is not. No. I choose. I choose what I put in because that determines what comes out. Now, when I put the things of the Lord in, then the things of the Lord come out. Every kind of gift to guests for their, and the next slide says it, for their blessing. Every kind of gift for their blessing. What we need to be, we need, in our giving, to be a container that someone will accept it as a blessing. Well, I told him the truth. I got a brother like that. He listens to my sermons every week. Hello, Steve. <laughs> 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 we call him Uncle Smitty at my house. My brother, his famous Amos, for saying something harsh, critical, like your hair's on fire, not me, but others, right? And then he comes up, and I'm like, man, dude, that's a little harsh. And he says, well, it's the truth, ain't it? And if that's you, the altar will be open shortly. You can come up here. <laughs> What's well, the truth, ain't it? I mean, okay, it is the truth. I mean, okay. But the scripture asks us this Do men gather grapes among thorns? Rhetorical question No. Or figs among thistles? Rhetorical question. No. You can have grapes and figs and they look great, but when they are couched among thorns, nobody's interested. You can give someone the truth in such a way because of your container that it's not actually a blessing. Now, there are you could say, "Well, I gave it to that person and they found God." That's because they were starving to death. To a hungry man, every bitter herb is sweet. So the fact that you pulled it off with your messy container isn't the precedent for all things. That person was just starving to death. Be a container. We can make a choice to be a versatile container, a container that brings blessing. Versatile in the sense that we can all be containers without flow. We have a 5, we have a 10, we have a 20 in our pocket, and we can give that. But here's how it becomes versatile. I don't get to go everywhere Hansi goes, and he's not every place I am. And Fred and I are here today together, but the rest of his week and my week, I haven't bumped into Fred for the last several weeks. I see him on Sunday, but we're on different paths. You can talk to people, but you're in different worlds. We have the opportunity to be a blessing in our world, to be a blessing. I was thinking about Malachi. When you think about giving, you have to think about Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, very interesting, very interesting uh, verse 6. Actually, I think we're going to go verse three. Let's do verse three. You know what did I, did I give you six? I gave you six, right? Okay, my, my mistake. I'm God. Yes, I am. I haven't changed. And because I haven't changed, you, the descendants of Jacob, haven't been destroyed. You have a long history of ignoring my commands. This is dandy. You have a long history of ignoring my commands. You haven't done a thing I've told you. Return to me, So I can return to you, says God of the angel armies, and they ask, hold that slide, they ask, but how do we return? Very interesting setup, just hold that. God says, I haven't changed, and because I haven't changed, you know, you haven't been destroyed. You got this long history of ignoring what I tell you to do. You don't do a thing I tell you to do. (laughs) It says you haven't done a thing I've told you. Return to me so I can return to you. It's It's this engagement, right? And then they ask, which I'm always grateful, when we get a little more clarity, how do we return? Return to me, the Lord says. Be this vessel of honor. Be versatile as a container. How do we do that? How do we return? So interesting the answer. Next verse. We'll begin by being honest. Okay, that's not really what I expected. And then, do honest people rob God? Not what I expected either. But you rob me day after day. And again, they ask, hold it right there, how have we robbed you? He's saying, please return to me. And they're like, what does that even mean? Like, how do we return to you? And then he says, be honest. Honest people don't rob other people. And you have robbed me all the time. And now they say what the rest of us would have said. How, how, are, we, how are we robbing you? Like, how has that happened? How have we robbed you? And then he goes on to answer. He says, in the tithe and the offering. That's how. We return to the Lord and show our honesty to him in our giving. Frankly, I wouldn't have put that together. Except here it is. Giving, intentionally giving, and this isn't your time and talent. This is your tithe and offering. Intentionally giving into the work of the Lord shows an honesty and a returning to him, which frankly caught me off guard. I wouldn't have thought that. Now let's read on. The tithe and the offering, that's how, and now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. So bring your full tithe. I thought that was very interesting phrasing. Bring your full tithe. A full tithe is 10%. A partial tithe, I don't know what, 7.5, 6.9, I don't know. I've told people, I'm like, if you'll do this, come to church in the next 30 days, 5% off on your tithe. You know kind of deal, right? For a limited time only, 5.4%, you know? A full tithe, it says, a full tithe to the temple treasury. That's the church. I get scolded around here a lot. I don't know if you all know I get scolded. I get scolded occasionally, because I just want you to give. I just want you to give somewhere. Andy Smith, by himself, me, just Andy, giving is so important, so important to your health and your wellness and your attitude and your outflow. I just want you to give anywhere. It doesn't matter to me where you give. I just want you to give someplace. I want everybody to give someplace. I get scolded because people tell me people need to give to this church. If they go to this church, they need to give to this church. And apparently the Lord thinks the same thing. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury, so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Now this next phrase is interesting. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Test me in this. And see if I don't pour out blessing beyond your wildest dreams. The, the, the thing here is I'm going to open up heaven. Now, this is so interesting to me as I think about this. <laughs> like, it's almost like the Lord's like, hey, just give me a chance. Like, it's, like, it's like it's a job interview. Like if, if there's a job interview for God. We do that in at next step uh, with um, step two. You come to believe there's a power greater than yourself that can restore you to sanity, that whole thing. So we ask, like, write down a, you know, of course, again, dating myself, a job description, a posting, right, a want ad, right? The one ad for God, now I had to up my game, an indeed posting, right, for God. Like, what would it be? What are you looking for? And it's if God was, we're having job interviews for God, and God shows up and says, hey, I'm God. And I'm happy to be here. I'd like to take that position in your life. And here's, I, just give me a chance, man. Just give me a chance. Try me here. Just give me a shot. Have you ever been the person on that side of the interview that says, look, I know I don't have the schooling. I know I don't have the credentialing. But Just give me a shot. I'm a hard worker. You ever been that person? Have you interviewed someone like that? They look at you and like, I know I don't have that credential. I, I haven't graduated yet. But if you'll just give me a chance, give me a shot, right? It's almost like what God is doing. He's like, he's like, look, you I want you to return to me, and the way you do that is honest and giving and outflow. And the way you've robbed me is honesty and giving and outflow. But I'll tell you what, if you'll give me a chance, I'll show you this works. He says, if you give, test me and see. I don't know if there's any other example in the scripture where God looks at people and he's like, try me. Try me. That's usually like, you know, bluffing, third grade, you know, Schoolyard, like, try me. You want some of this? Try me. How about that? Maybe that's what God's saying. You want some of this? Try me. You want some of this? You want some of me? Yes, I do. Yes, I do want some of this. Try me. See if we can outgive God. And it's almost, I thought of this like parental incentive, you know? Like when you know your kids need to do something. You know your students need to do something, and, and we'll give you this incentive. Like, if you'll do this, then we'll get to go here. That's kind of what's going on here. If you'll give, fine, you're not giving, you're, 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 totally, off, you're totally off the base there. But if you'll start, then I'm going to do this. But you know what the deal is? He's not the one in the interview. It's us. He's not the one getting interviewed. We are the ones that are being interviewed here. It's not his interview. It's mine. Will you give? If you give, stand by and see what I will do in return. I was taught this by my pastor. God will never be indebted to you. He'll never owe you one. Whatever you do, he'll keep up with you. He'll be there with you. And this could be weaponized. Man, this this verse is like screaming to be weaponized about loving Jesus and and you don't give and shame and all that business. Not doing that. There is something about returning to the Lord and honesty and a connectedness to him. Now, and interestingly, it says a full tithe, that's a 10%, and an offering, which is a little bit above that. But you know what I bet the Lord would say? Because people will say, I can't do that, man. I want to, but I can't do it. He says, try me. Try me and see. That's between you and the Lord. Look, this isn't about you being saved or not saved. It is about you having fullness of life. This isn't about you being a son or daughter of God, and that's kind of in the air. Man, I only got 9% in last month. That's sketchy. That's not what any of that's about. It is about your discipleship. It is about the fullness of life that you get to experience, the giving piece. You don't have to serve, and your life will be less. Did everybody hear me? You don't have to serve here on a Sunday, and your life will be less. You don't have to be missional. You don't have to, and your life will be less. You do not have to give money to this church or any place else, and your life will be less. That's just how it is. I'm just the reporter. Those things are so important, as we want life to the full, not just just life, but abundance. My encouragement to you would be, you ready? This is going to be deep, you ready? Give. (laughs) Give something. Be attentive and open and give what you can. And you talk that out with the Lord. You don't have to answer to me. I might get chided on that. Maybe someone thinks you do have to answer to me. I don't know. I'm not a sheriff. I'm a shepherd. I'm trying to help you. I don't know what people give in this church. I I don't ever, I don't ever look at those records. Ever. I don't know what you give. I don't handle money. I I don't write checks. I don't have a thing to do with it. Except this part. (laughs) This part where I'm calling you into a space to live life to the full. Give a dollar. We have 350 people that come to this church every month, and 50 people give. That's one in seven. It's about 15, 16 percent. That's a terrible. That's a terrible number. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five. Those 20 people, three people give. Now it might be families. You know, give as a family. I write it. I don't write one. I go on the church center app. type in a number and give that. I get a check, I type in a number. That's for Melinda and me. That's our income as a family. But I'm told, at board meetings, I'm told that 50 people out of 350 people give. That's not good. If that's uh, your your blood panel, (laughs) or we plug your finger into that thing at CVS, or we put that little thing around your arm, those numbers aren't good. Like that needs to be better. And that's not a tithe, that's anything. You give a dollar and put your name on it, you count. It's one of the 50. And frankly, you ready for this? There are people that give dollars. And I'm happy for them, I'm proud of them. You need to give. (laughs) It needs to be outflow. It needs to be a part of what you're doing in your worship, both to be honest and to return to him. Arnett, come on up. Make it a practice. Grow into it. Grow into dropping a dollar in that gray box. Grow into putting it on the app. You walk in, every time you walk in, 50 cents. I'm not mocking you. I'm not making fun of that. It's a process. It is a system. It is a system, and it becomes a pattern, and it becomes a discipline, which is a disciple. So I get chided and reprimanded because I'm not interested in your money. This is the Lord's mission. I'm pretty sure if God is God, he can do it. Anybody agree with that? If God is God, he can do it. So this is not about the Lord's having a slump of a year, (laughs) needs us to kind of rally up, right? This is about us, Living fulfilled, the best life we can. The best life that we can, fulfilled. Outflow, generous, spontaneous giving, happy, free. We own money, money doesn't own us, free. Open, moving from one container to a different container. A container that's flexible and versatile and a container that is a blessing. When people cross your path, they are blessed. Pastor Hargrove, Dyrell Hargrove in Fort Worth, what do you think his days are like? I was there in the summer, this time of year, 17 years ago, That's 6,205 things he's given away. 17 years, 365 days, 6,205 things he has given away. What kind of day do you think he has every day? What do you think his posture is every day? What do you think his attitude is every day? When you live a life that has intentional, planned outflow, what kind of living do you think that is for a person every day? I am sure, and I know him, I was the recipient of one of those gifts. I am sure he doesn't get up and go, Oh, another Dave giving something away. Can't I find someone that just needs a pencil? You hear what I'm saying? If your life's a little stuck, give yourself out of it. If you feel a little depressed, write a check. Give yourself out of it. Put some money in your ashtray or whatever, whatever's in your car. Put it in your pocket. Be generous and give to someone. There is life in that. Invest in this beautiful message of the gospel that is here. There is life in it. The expansion and the needs and the work of the Lord. Be a part of it. God will provide it. But he's inviting you. He invites me to be a part of it. A vested part. And when someone talks about life change, and you're like, I was a part of that. I gave so that could become a reality. What do you want to sing, Arnick? (laughs) You do. do. I do, yeah. Yeah. I don't have to know it. You know it. Lord, I'm available to you. Sing it, man. You
1: gave me my hands to reach out to me to show them your love and your
0: storage is empty guess who fills that emptiness isn't that what we want isn't that why we're here like that's why we're here that vessel wasn't created to hold it and keep it the vessel was created the platter the goblet created to be filled and then taken to someone else as a blessing and emptied. Not held and made bigger and bigger and bigger and hold more and more and more. But the quantity, the amount that we have, he fills it. And then he allows us to be a part of the giving. And when it is emptied to them as a blessing, he fills it again. I would like this place to become a prayer room all over here for just a few minutes. He's gonna sing again. Aren't we thankful for Arnick? He's amazing, isn't he? He's amazing. He's my amazing, my amazing friend. God is calling you into a space right now. And frankly, everybody in this room can become a giver. A dollar, five dollars, Whatever, it doesn't, it's, that's you and the mission, you and the king, you and that purpose to be a versatile utensil in the hands of the Lord. Let's pray, listen, meditate, ask the Lord, what is it, how much, to where? What's the outflow that you're asking today?
1: you gave to me My hands, my ears My voice, my eyes
2: hello to Uncle Smitty, because I may do a little of that scolding. It's not because it's about the dollars, because if you look around, lights are on, carpet's cleaned. We had coffee this morning. It's cool. There's heat. You know, God doesn't need your money. And when we start talking about giving. Ugh, you know, you just kind of clench and, you know, it's just, it just is. And the question is why? And it's because it's so tied and ingrained into our life. Everything we do revolves around money. It's just, it's just the reality of the world we live in. Your utilities and your buying stuff and your clothes. It just is. And so consequently, it's such an important part of your heart and your function and the way you operate. And when you begin to take something like that, that is so precious and so important to you, and you say, OK, God, I trust you with that also, because it has a lot of impact in my life. But I'll trust you enough in that. And so I'll, I, I grew up tiny little town of 150 people in the mountains of West Virginia. Coal miner's son, poor. There's just no other way to say it. Grandpa was a coal miner. Uncle was a coal miner. Dad was a coal miner. We didn't have anything. My mama taught me from the very beginning, you give and you're faithful. And I did it forever. And then I moved away and it became time for me to decide, that I believe that because I believed it or because mama believed it? And I remember telling God, and you said the exact words, Pastor, this morning, I'm going to try to outgive you. And it wasn't about a dollar amount as a whole. But I specifically remember a time in Connecticut, I was living in Connecticut. And I said, I'm going to increase my tithe above and beyond. And I chose a dollar amount and I, and I did it. And, and this is very specific. And I know it doesn't always work that way, but this is what was so dear to me. And I raised my tithe for like six months. And that year, there were no raises, there were no bonuses, there was nothing. My boss calls me one day, and he's like, I really appreciate what you've been doing. So I found some money for you. And if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't believe it. But when I tell you to the dollar amount that I had raised my tithe, God blessed me back. And I know that's specific, and it's dollars, and you're like, ah, whatever. But oh, what that did for my faith. And my trust in him and my heart in him. And how that encouraged me to begin to flow out to others. And I live my life. And Lord, I pray I try to live my life every day. Being a vessel that's conducive to his presence. That he can flow through. And that he can give to me so I can give out to somebody else. And the blessing on that is amazing you don't know what it's like inside of this heart right here and how fantastic it is to live in that environment. And so today, I, I just challenge you, take the checkbook out of it, take the dollar out of it as the primary source and say, God, the things that are so near and dear to me, I trust you in that. And I believe you to be faithful in that. And, and yeah, I do believe you ought to give here. I do believe you ought to give where you come and where you participate and where you're a part of. Because it shows you believe in it and you want to be a part of it. And, and so I, I do believe that. But again, not for the dollars. But for what it brings to us as a whole and as a community and as a collective. Operating and working together and chasing this amazing thing that God is doing in this community every single day let's pray heavenly father again you're so good and you're kind and you're gracious and father would you just be in this place this moment in each individual heart and life and just speak in a way that's special to each one of us that we can trust you with our lives and all the pieces of that including our giving including our finances Lord by opening that up Lord it just allows you in even further and even deeper to flow through us Father I trust you we trust you Lord, would you just show your faithfulness, even this week. In Jesus' name we pray.